From some undisclosed location in this vast universe of ours, it's time for the PNC Progression Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Elio Canella, along with Man Silvis Pierce and Barriers, Ben Pierce. Ben, how's it going? Really good. We have, we have uh, plenty of news, despite the fact that uh, we covered all the AEW stuff in the upcoming pay-per-view this evening. But... Hence why you mean, we you mean did, last you mean last night. Yes, and uh, hence why we are uh, coming at you much earlier in the day than usual, uh, because both of us are getting the pay per view this evening, and we can't be bothered. And I have some news about that uh, pay per view. However, we should uh, go over your two pieces of news first. Yes, so uh, un- unfortunately, we have to start this show off on a very uh, sad note in that we've, we've had two deaths in the past week in pro wrestling. But, um, yes, we've had two deaths in the, in the world of pro wrestling. Uh, the first being uh, Shad Gaspard, who unfortunately... Uh, passed away uh, while getting carried away by a riptide. And um, this was in uh, Venice Beach. And, um, but you know, he, he died a hero, I gotta tell you, um, because lifeguards were actually able to uh, reach him, but he told, he told them to save his uh, 10 year old son first. And by the time they tried to get back to him, he had already uh, gone under, never to, re- never to return alive, and unfortunately, this happened on uh, last either Saturday or Sunday. I think it was, I think it was Sunday, and and his body uh, washed up on shore on uh, Wednesday. So, um, so all of the professional wrestling world. Uh, is uh, deeply in, mor- in mourning over that, um, but uh, perhaps perhaps even even uh, more tragic, if if that's even possible, um, was the death of Hanak Kimura. She was a uh, stardom talent in Japan, and she was 22 years old. Hold on, and, uh, did, did we ever see her on TV in any of the big companies? Well, no, and and, it's, and to be honest with you, I hadn't um, heard of her um, okay, before. Neither did I. Neither did I. Well, and unfortunately, uh, this is the way I had to be introduced because, as I said, she was only 22 years old, and she took her own life based on uh, cyberbullying. And um, must be stupid wrestling fans. Well, yeah, and uh, but unfortunately, you know, her her death is just another 
very grim example of the darkness that social media can be and the cesspool of stupidity that it often is. Yep. Um, That's why I don't like wrestling fans. Yeah, and she, um, it was actually really sad because she posted her suicide note on uh, Twitter. And and once it was once it was translated uh, because it was originally written in uh, Japanese, once it was translated, it was uh, very uh, sobering to read. So certainly, um, rest in peace, and we we definitely extend our uh, condolences and heartfelt sympathies to the families of uh, Kimura and Shad Gaspard. So. Um, you know, very somber way to start the podcast, but we had to pay tribute appropriately. So, um, but moving into the uh, the news portion, or, or moving into a, a different news portion, Elio, why don't you keep us up to date on on your news regarding double or nothing this evening? Yeah. So. Um... Last night we covered the go home show for AEW. You said that Ray Phoenix had injured himself, so Ray Phoenix is out of the casino ladder match and has been replaced by Joey Janela. Yeah, well, I, I expected that for sure. And also, uh, Britt Baker is out and has been replaced by Penelope Ford, who will take on Chris Statlander. Yes, I and so, uh, so, I, so I, I guess we're gonna have to change our um, pick for that one. I'm going for Statlander. Yeah, I just I, I I mean I really like Vanilla before, but I just don't see Statlander losing against against uh, her. So I would I would have to agree. Okay, and that's about all the news uh, we have. So I want to see we get into. Our review of Monday Night Raw. Absolutely. But to, to start off, let me just pull up Monday Night Raw on the, on the thing. Sorry, once again, your your face is blocked. You hear the you hear the lovely music in the background. Uh, yes, it's um, <laughs> it's it's your wind chimes her- heralding the arrival of today's episode. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, what what? Oh, oh yeah, here we go. So, um, Raw was immediately uh, kicked off with the appearance of Randy Orton and, and Edge, who um, who accepted Orton's challenge for a rematch of WrestleMania at Backlash. Now, un- unfortunately, Elio, they uh, WWE has chosen to tout this match as the greatest wrestling match ever. Oh, which, which I which I think is just a massive joke. 
Um, what what do you what do you think of WWE's billing of this upcoming match? No, I don't want to see this again. We already saw it at WrestleMania. Yeah, and, and you know what? It, that match. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, it, the the build for for the match was great, but just the way that it played out, I don't think it came off uh, well at all. So, um, you know, it definitely had its entertaining points, but it just dragged on and on and on, and there was too much. There was too much interlude between the big spots and stuff, so it just kind of meandered along and. Uh, and let's be honest, um, you know, WrestleMania 36 will definitely go down as one of the worst, if not the worst, WrestleMania of all time. Yep. Uh, just based on the circumstances under which it took place. Um, and then after that, um, we had uh, Seth Rollins explaining his actions as to why he attacked um, Rey Mysterio and, and pretty much uh, took out his eye. I love how, uh, uh, I love how Rollins, like, Rollins' explanation is he, he had to do it. Uh, yes, and, and, um, he, and, and... He didn't want to do it. And well, and the thing, the, the thing that was uh, that was very creepy and, and well done about the promo was that... Um, was that uh, he he instead of apologizing he told uh, Ray you're welcome so that just goes into the you know manipulative sadistic side of the cult leader and I I almost I almost uh, felt like I was back in like Waco Texas or something. Uh, Where did you get Waco Texas? Um. Oh, uh, because um, there was there was a, a famous uh, cult leader um, in the nineties who um, oh, okay. who had who had uh, basically his followers held hostage. Oh, uh, I mean, I know, and, I, I know about some some cult leaders in of history. I didn't hear about this one though. Uh, yeah, I will. Uh, I will send you that information off the air. There's actually a uh, a, a uh, five part show on it uh, oh, wow. that aired a, a couple years ago. That's now on Netflix. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, called Waco. So if you want to go check that, out, right, cool. that's fine. So yeah, I'm I'm not just pulling random shit out of my ass. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm saying I I know about the I know about like twelve years in history, but I just never heard of that one. Cool. All right. Yeah, it's it's a it's, it was a very interesting uh, story, and it and the series was a very interesting take on it. So I definitely recommend cool. it. All right. Um, but you know, I have to say, as much as I have uh, disliked uh, Rollins uh, and his run as uh, and his run going as far back as. Uh, him winning the belt and then the disaster at uh, Hell in a Cell and his uh, social media snafus and faux pas. Um, I real I'm really enjoying his work in, in this heel run. Um, I, 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 I have a question. Hold on. 
What do you think about this new music he's got? Um, it, it works for the character. Um, yeah. I, I don't think it, I don't think it's the best um, entrance scene. Um, I, I would have um, I would have definitely come up with uh, something more sinister. Yeah. And kind of like mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, but given given the fact that they are presenting him as like this Jesus like figure, um, I guess it makes sense. Okay. So, not not my favorite, but I'm not I'm not exactly hating it. Um, but one thing that I did hate was. Um, Charlotte Flair completely destroying Ruby Riot, which I think is a fu- is a fucking travesty. Yeah, um, n- n- because because not only was Charlotte Flair on Monday Night Raw, no no no, she was on NXT. Obviously, she's the NXT Women's Champion, and then she was on SmackDown confronting um, Bailey. Confronting Bailey. So we, this is just the epitome of oversaturation of a character. Yep. And and there, there I ask you, maybe you have a theory. Why is it necessary for Charlotte Flair to be on all three shows? I couldn't tell you. I don't know. I think this is just really weird. I don't know why. Why they want to do this? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't even know why. Is that, is that is that double or triple the work for her? Uh, well, apparently, but um, <laughs> but but more than more than that, right? So another thing that I find that that I find interesting is this um, new brand to brand invitational, and the rules are that you know each superstar can. Uh, go to a different show. You yeah, know, how many times? times? Four times, right? Four times a year, right? So what, what, what Charlotte Flair already has two within like two weeks. Um, so you can already see it coming. That that rule means absolutely nothing because you know <laughs> Charlotte Flair is going to be all over Oh every God. WWE brand for the foreseeable future, and I, I just, I just want to bash my head into into the wall because you know, um, as as much as as much as I can criticize uh, WWE's use of Charlotte Flair and just the grotesque overuse. I do, I do think that she's a very, very, very talented wrestler. Um, just period. I think, I think from the wrestling side of things, she is spectacular. Um, I don't think she can cut her promo to save her life because mm-hmm. she just sounds so uh, monotone. Um, yep. So you know, clearly she clearly she didn't learn from her dad on that one. Um, but but regardless of how good she is in the ring I don't need to see her three fucking times a week mm-hmm. because ultimately I think it devalue I think it devalues her character it devalues her work and I dare I dare say by having the NXT champion appear on all three brands 
it decreases the value of the NXT title because it loses its um, is prestige as being defended on that brand. So that's just that's just my thought. What do you, what do you think of uh, Charlotte Flair's use on WWE TV and her run as NXT champion? There's too much Charlotte Flair. Yeah, def- definitely agree. Um, just absolute, absolutely overkill uh, to the highest order. Um, speaking of overkill to the highest order, Nia Jax, my <laughs> my least favorite segment of the week, and you know I'm, I'm we're we're going uh, I'm going through the entirety of Raw because we have a little bit of a of a shorter show, but. Um, and I got a little bit ahead of myself, but if if I'm if I'm going to assign a low point to uh, Monday Night Raw, it would definitely be uh, Nia Jax and her involvement in Oscar's uh, championship celebration that was hosted by Kyrie Zane. I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like her involvement there. By the way, Kyrie Zane uh, is promo. Her promos are. Not great, but she, I could understand her. I, you know, I just, I don't understand it at all. Um, and then the, the other low point was, um, was uh, the tag team championship match for the women, Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. Oh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. By the way, you're lucky. My phone's not charged, so I'm sparing you from the <sighs> from the sound sound effect. And thank God for small blessings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, this is um, actually the website that I'm using uh, as I go down the list of these results. Um, Wait, hold on. What, what did they give this match? A D. Boo. Which okay, I, but but what did they give the iconics rating? Uh, well, they yeah. didn't they didn't read the actual person, and I'm not sure how you're gonna feel about this. But after um after the match ended, they kind of teased a uh, a split between Billy Kay and uh, Peyton Royce. I saw that my heart fell for a minute. Um, but then there was the heartfelt apology. I know. And then, then everything was right with the world once they hugged. Yes, you you heard <laughs> you heard the heavenly harps play from above. It was iconic. Uh, no, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of something else that that equally sucked just as much, the submission match between Shayna Baszler and uh, Natalia. Oh my God! Can I, can I you tell know, you? I'm not. I'm not a fan of Shayna Baszler. Well, I I actually really like Shayna Baszler, but she's just being buried because for some reason uh, Vince McMahon has chosen that she is not uh, that she is not to be heavily featured or focused on. But even more than that, I'm not really a fan of Natalia. Well, you know, and I, I hate to say that because of, you know, her lineage and, you know, 
You know how long she's been there, but I just I'm not a fan either, so I can't yep. get behind it. And and her baby like temper tantrums for the last two weeks. Oh, well, are they gonna turn her heel or something? Cause she she threw a tantrum after that match, started throwing yeah. things around the ring. Yeah, well, last week's tantrum I thought was even worse because, I mean, she looked like the crybaby, creepy little bastard uh, Christian from back in like 2004, 2005. But but, but what was what was really uh, but th- this was stupid though. Uh, she's still in the ring, and they're like setting up the camp for the Kevin Owens show, and and she still hasn't had left the ring. Yeah, I I just I didn't um I didn't uh I didn't like it very much. Yeah. So. Uh, By the way, did, who, who, I have to ask. This was a taping, wasn't it? Yes, this was. Um, you know, because uh, so was Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens was not there. Then right. No, he he sh- he showed up. He and, showed but, up. But that's so weird because there's no travel between the U.S. and Canada. So. Well, well, then that, that means that he uh, he's staying in Florida. Because oh. because he was he was on on the show on Monday because okay. he, he had um, he had. Uh, Selena Vega and her crew uh, as as guests as well. No, as, I know, I know, I know that. No, because uh, we were ta- we were talking about the semi Zayn the other day and um about how uh, he's been stripped of the title because he's not been on SmackDown, but he's uh, still in Montreal because of the no travel. <laughs> um, excuse me. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry, am I keeping you awake? Am I keeping you awake? <laughs> Um, actually, I uh, I got up significantly earlier than usual today, and um, and I'm uh, I'm quite sleepy. I just thought so, I just love messing with my co-host. Yeah, so that is your that's becoming your favorite portion of the podcast. Um. So anyway, we have uh, we have the segment um, with. Uh, with Selena's boys, and they end up turning on Austin Theory, and he is out of the group, and he would yep. come back into play later in the evening. Well, then we, we knew that was going to happen because uh, it was already uh, it was already posted <sighs> posted that uh, there was going to be he was going to be the one that that uh, left the group. Uh, well, yeah, it made sense. But, it, but you'll for, you'll forgive me if I add another low point to the show. Um, Go ahead. The, the, the axe throwing shit between the oh, Viking Raiders. I like Raiders. that. I like no, the axe throwing. No, I, I hated it. And, oh, that, um, was, that was so cool. You know, I, I, I was throwing axes earlier. Oh, yeah, I was out in the backyard. I was doing smack throwing. Well, I was getting ready for this podcast. What the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to do this show solo if you keep coming up with stupid shit like that. Um, no, uh, that will not happen. We we have standards on this show. God damn it. 
Um, but um, no, that, was, also, that was boring. That was stupid and pointless. The accent, I didn't understand it at all. Also, speaking of stupid and pointless, and I love that transition. Thank you so much. It was a layup. Um, you know, the fact that they're having King Corbin over um, to, to Raw from SmackDown because of this brand-to-brand invitational bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, you know, despite the fact that I love Drew McIntyre, uh, Corbin's involvement in it just took me completely out of the match. So, I'm sorry, did, did you, did you uh, miss a match before that, though? Uh, which one was that? Alistair Black and Murphy. That was uh, where Austin Theory uh, comes in. Oh, 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 yes, yes. So, uh, let me, um, let me get into that. So, um, as Elio... Uh, just said we had the reignition of the feud between Aleister Black and, and Murphy. Um, and then after the fact, um, well, during the match, um, you know, Austin Theory was still at ringside recovering from uh, the, the attack thanks to um, Andrade and Garza. You know what was so weird? Yeah. It was so weird when uh, when they when the camera would sh- just show Seth Rollins standing over Austin Theory looking down at him. They like just stand there doing nothing. And then finally he reaches out his hand. Well, and actually one part that I really liked was the fact that he reached out with like the, the black gloved hand. Yeah, yeah. I thought that that was very that, symbolic and some very cool imagery. Yeah, but so I, was, it, I was saying that, that was just so weird when the camera, that at first, the first time the camera pans over, you, you see him standing over Austin Theory looking down at him. It's like, okay. Yeah, well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, WWE's camera work uh, routinely gives me a headache on a weekly basis with all those uh, sudden cuts and I know, but it messes with your eyes, doesn't it? It's just it, and yeah. it get, it gets to a point where sometimes it's so bad that it messes with my equilibrium. It's like weird. Um, yeah. But I did I did like how um, the segment played off between uh, um, Rollins and uh, Theory, and it appears that uh, Rollins has another disciple in his church of being the messiah so um there's that and that was the episode of monday night raw so 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 let me ask you so i guess have you converted to rollinsism no i'm not quite there yet although although i give i give him credit he's done a much better job in this role than his, his previous one um, but with that being said, uh, we will move to our, uh, our review of NXT and I will give my vocal cords a break and pass it over to my co-host All to right. take it away. NXT this week.
So we start off with like carrying cross and Scarlet uh, coming out to the ring and that brings out Tommaso Ciampa as he cuts a promo on Cross and that sets up for their match at NXT Takeover in your house. But one of the, one of the things that I that I saw on YouTube, I, I saw this um this uh, exchange and one of the one of the really subtle things that I noticed was um Scarlett Bordeaux holding the ropes open for Tommaso Ciampa yeah. as, if, as if to say, come to your doom, you know, or come to your, uh, you know, reckoning kind of thing. So um, I, I personally think that that match has uh, massive uh, money-making potential. So I'm very excited to see uh, that match. And that will definitely be a uh, – be an entertaining birthday present to say the least. So that brings us to our first match, and it's Karrion Cross defeating Liam Gray in 49 seconds in the spotlight number one. Oh, <laughs> Liam Gray has performed for Beyond, CCW, Evolve, and Full Impact, as well as a World Wrestling Network Live. Okay, cool. I, yeah, I, I had never, uh, at least in my knowledge, I had never seen this guy. And, uh, you know, it's not like I had a lot of time to take a look at him uh, in the ring this week. So. And in the next match, again, I don't understand what you're doing with this guy. El Hijo del Fantasma. First of all, you know what El Hijo translates into? Uh, the sun, right? That's... We left off. All right, so El El Hilda Fantasma. Again, I don't know what they're doing with this guy. El Hilda Fantasma defeats Akira Tozawa. Um. Well, I. Well, that's better. That's better than Akira Tozawa winning, in my opinion. So, I mean, the the thing with NXT uh, and all talent, really. Um, is consistency. So if, if they start to be consistent with it, um, then that's one thing. See, the one thing that I don't like about this tournament, and it kind of throws me off, even though I have no issue with the match quality whatsoever, is the round-robin format. I'm not used to, to people like being able to lose in a wrestling tournament and still be involved. You know, it's... it's it's not like the you know uh, yeah. March Madness or something. Yeah. So um, it just kind of confuses me. So next we have Miriam defeating Santana Garrett. After the match, the um, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae come out to confront uh, Miriam, and that brings out Keith Lee, which is obviously sets up this uh, program between Lee and Yim and uh, Gargano and uh, Candice LeRae. So I've been I've been unable to figure this out. Are are Keith Lee and Mia Yim together in real life, and that's why they're going yes. couple, ver- yes, couple yes, versus yes. couple? Yes. Okay. Oh, okay. I wasn't I wasn't one hundred percent sure, but that's why they're 
That's yep. why they're doing the power couple thing. Okay. Then we have Roderick Strong defeating Dexter Loomis. Um, you know, any anytime Dexter Loomis loses nowadays, I get pissed because I see, like Dexter Loomis. I see money all over this guy. I I I loved his work in uh, TNA when he was uh, Samuel Shaw. Yeah. Um, it, you know, and and the psychotic element is just um turned up like five times as Dexter Loomis. So I see. Uh, tons of potential for the character, and I enjoy his in-ring work, so I definitely want to see uh, Dexter Loomis get a brighter spotlight on NXT. Okay, then we have a team that I, I hadn't seen in a long time. Danny Burch and Only Lorcan defeating Chase Parker and Matt Martell in the spotlight number two. Oh, Lord. yes, he's getting excited. He raises his hands up like an excited three-year-old. <laughs> All right, so Chase Parker ha has competed for Smash and ROH as well as Shakara. And uh, is in that, from Niagara Falls, Ontario, Canada. So my Canadian, uh, oh, my sorry. fellow Canadian, we live 45 minutes Yes. Away. And Matt Martell, another Canadian from Niagara Falls as well, and he's competed for ROH and Smash, as well as Shakara. Okay, so kind of the same uh, come-ups for those two gentlemen. So we have uh, we have Birch and Lorcan, the British and American, defeating the two Canadian indie guys. Oh, how, and how sad you must have been. That really is. But I, I, um, I, I appreciate uh, the work of uh, Burge and, and Lorcan, so, um, you know, I can't really complain there. Lorcan has a weird look to him. Or is it just me? Um. Yeah, but but once again... Uh, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, like, like when I first saw him, I'm like, wait a minute. No, 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 and I, I see what you're saying, but I'm not yeah. sure if that's his actual look or if that has something to do with uh, the stink face he always wears as part of his character, so oh, okay. I'm, not, I'm yeah. not really sure. <laughs> yeah, because I'm like, wait a minute, what the hell? That can't be his face, as I feel face, come on. <laughs> All right, then we had Drake Maverick, who supposedly has been fired yet. He defeated Kushida. Yeah, I, I hate what they're doing with this storyline because they they exploited his real-life emotion because the, the video got so much attention because it was yeah, so... Yeah, I saw, I saw him. He was crying in the video. Yeah, it was so heartfelt and heartbreaking, and now they're just exploiting him yep. uh, in uh, this storyline. So it, if, he, if he's been rehired, then that's one thing, but if he hasn't, then I, what the fuck are they doing? So um, I definitely have an issue with, with, with that, for sure. Um, I, I don't think they should have launched into this storyline to begin with. Um, but I would have to imagine that he's, he's been rehired uh, if he's winning. Because as soon as, as soon as he said, 
you know, I've been allowed to compete in these three matches, I thought for sure, okay, he's going to lose all three and then buy. So the fact that they're, uh, that they're using him in this capacity, um, I'm not, I'm not really sure about. So, and in the main event, it was Io Shirai defeating Rhea Ripley by disqualification, and uh, this is another match that's going to be taking place at in your takeover in your house. Io Akira Charlotte Flair defending against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai. Yeah, and um, you know that's a that's a match that I'm very much looking forward to. I have a. I have a sneaking suspicion that um, of what's going to happen there. All right, so El Hilo the Fantasma defeats Akira Tozawa. Uh, next, we had Mia Yim defeating Santana Garrett, which brings out Candice LeRae Johnny Gargano to confront her, which brings out Keith Lee, and that sets up the power couple match between Lee and Yim versus Gargano and LeRae. Yeah, and, and um, I... I confess, as I as I asked you off the air, that um, I was not a hundred percent sure that those two were a real life couple. Yes. Um. So thank you for verifying that because that now the power couple storyline that they're going with makes more sense. Okay. And uh, Roderick Strong defeats Dexter Lumis, who you said you are a fan of, as you were a fan of his in TNA when he was Samuel Shaw. Yeah, and so um, I definitely, I definitely want to see then uh, shine a brighter spotlight on him uh, because I actually think that Dexter Loomis has taken the uh, psychotic nature of Samuel Shaw up five levels, and I'm just, I'm really enjoying his work, and I think, I think, I think he could make for some very interesting matchup once he gets more established and gets some more notable wins under his belt. Next, we have a team I hadn't seen in a long time. Uh, Danny Burch and Only Larkin defeating two Canadian in, in the independent wrestlers uh, from Niagara Falls, who Chase Parker and Matt Martell, who competed in this combat zone, ROH, as well as Shakara. And ladies, ladies and gentlemen, Elio absolutely loves this. As has Indie been, spotlight. Uh, as has been uh, a tradition on this uh, podcast, Elio's indie spotlight. And I need to, uh, I need to paint a picture for you, ladies and gentlemen, because uh, you can't see him as I can. Uh, Elio gets all giddy when he gets to <laughs> the. Uh, the uh, indie spotlight, as he so affectionately calls it. So um, I always have to let I always have to let him run with his I'll statistics. T- I'll, I'll and tell background. you where indie spotlight came from off air. Uh, oh, well, yeah, that's that's a, that's a tease. But okay. All right. Then we have Drake Maverick defeating Kushida, as we said off <laughs> air. Uh, we have no clue what they're doing with Drake Maverick. Well, you know, and and I'll I'll re- I'll repeat myself here, uh, so the so the listeners can can understand my ire in this situation. Um, you know, uh, it has been well publicized that uh, Drake Maverick was released as part of uh, Black Wednesday uh, last month, and he posted this very emotional video. 
uh, in which he was crying, saying that WWE was his dream job, and and um, despite the fact that he'd been released, he'd been given the opportunity to compete in the interim uh, NXT Cruiserweight Championship tournament. Now, as soon as he said that I'm going to give these three matches my all and um, all of that, I, I thought, okay, well, since, since he's been released, certainly they're going to have him lose and, and that, that's it. Um, you know, but, but the, the thing that's very confusing to me is if he's winning matches, um, does that mean that they've re-signed him? Because if they haven't, what they're doing to him is absolutely disgusting. Uh, and even if they have, and, and we don't know about it, it, it I still have uh, something of an issue with it because what what ended up happening in my book is they released him and then saw the attention that his his video was getting, which was real life emotion, and they are exploit in my book they're exploiting. Uh, real-life emotion for the purpose of a storyline, which I have never been a fan of. But in this particular uh, example, I just find it uh, a little bit more repugnant, to be honest with you. So hopefully they've rehired him. uh, But even if they have, I still don't like where they're going with this. Especially if they end up getting him the cruiserweight championship, that'll be terrible. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, I really, I really don't know what their end game is here. Okay, and then the main event we had Io Shirai defeating Rhea Ripley by disqualification, and this sets up the triple threat match at NXT Takeover in your house. We Charlotte Flair defending the championship against Rhea Ripley and Io Shirai in a triple threat match. You know, and um, I'm really looking forward to that match because I have to tell you, Io Shirai is uh, one of my favorite wrestlers, period, right now. Um, since she came on board, she has just really, uh, really impressed me and captured my attention uh, with, with the extent of her talent. Um, and I think personally that uh, she has uh, big potential and, uh, and um, big star written all over her. Now, uh, as it pertains to the match at In Your House, I, can, I can't see Charlotte Flair losing the NXT Championship uh, as much as I would l- love her to because I don't, I don't understand why she's there to begin with. Uh, let alone being featured on all three brands, uh, which, as I stated earlier, I believe the values her and the NXT championship, to be quite frank. Um, but um, so as much as I would love to see uh, Io Shirai uh, or um, who who is the other who is the other participant? Rhea Ripley. As much as, yeah, as much as I would love to see one of those two ladies uh, get the spotlight, um, I I just don't think it's gonna happen. 
And but if you really want to, if you really want to play it according to what it should have been in storyline, it should be Rhea Ripley winning this match because she shouldn't have lost to Becky Lynch in, in the first place at WrestleMania. The fact that that happened was absolutely disgusting. Can you say that again? Can you say that again? Who did she lose to at WrestleMania? She uh, she lost to uh, uh, Becky Lynch. Who did? Um, uh, Rhea Ripley. Are you sure? Uh, yeah. No. Shayna Baszler faced oh, Becky oh. Lynch. Charlotte Flair oh, faced Rhea Ripley. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, t- I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you my stash has gone missing. I'm looking at my liquor cabinet <laughs> and it's empty. Ben, yes. what have you yes. been to? Well, well, it, have you it, been snooping around in my liquor cabinet? It, well, how how could I consider I'm in the season here in Canada? But anyway, no, 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 no. See, because I think you're drunk because <laughs> you screw up those two badges, okay? Yes, you, but, sir, are gonna get muted for that. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I deserved it at that point. Um. <laughs> But, um, no, I, uh, I got confused between the two because, um, uh, you know, Shayna Baszler should never have lost at WrestleMania. That confirmed confirmed her burial. And then uh, Rhea Ripley really shouldn't have lost either because she had just won the championship. So, and I I don't understand the point of putting the NXT championship on Charlotte Flair. So, I... I do apologize for that oversight. It was just my uh, my anger operating faster than my brain could catch up. Yeah, so. my, co- my co-host has been filled with rage over what they have done to Shane Baszler and Rhea Ripley. So that's understandable, well, sir. You know what? And that is 100% the truth because I, I the, the night that all this happened, I posted on social media that what they have done to Shayna Baszler is absolutely disgusting. And it, it is clear that what they're doing with her, her uh, translates to uh, WWE having no interest in using her the right way, which, which absolutely boggles my mind because if you look at her entire run in NXT, she had arguably the best run of any female ever the only other the only other person in that conversation obviously uh is oscar with her uh undefeated streak so yep. the fact that Shayna baszler is in the conversation as uh the most su- successful and dominant woman in nxt when oscar had that streak uh sh- should speak for itself and it and if I'm Triple H, I'm absolutely fuming at what uh, Vince McMahon has chosen to do with Shayna Baszler because I just don't understand it. Uh, and um, actually, you should be applauding me the fact that I'm not absolutely throwing things around uh, as I'm uh, doing this and, and cursing and what the hell? That was just a little golf clap. We need some enthusiasm in this bitch. 
Um, you know, but uh, it, I just find it absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, but you know, it's so I I could go on for days and days uh, on a rant on this topic, but. For the sake of condensing the time of this podcast, let's move on to uh, to the next thing. Well, here. before we do that, so we're going to go into commercial, and we'll be back with our review of Friday Night SmackDown. Absolutely. to save you from uh, your own dark thoughts regarding the wrestling landscape of the week. And uh, as much as I hate to contribute to those uh, dark and ominous feelings, uh, we must review uh, Friday Night SmackDown. Now, as you'll, as you'll remember, we, uh, we uh, mutually decided not to review SmackDown uh, Last week, because it was just so pitiful, but we decided not to do that for the second straight week because it's not professional. But that being said, I must uh, I must jump into the review of Friday Night SmackDown, and I will try to make it uh, the least bit painful as possible. Now, if I could, if I could actually find where it is on my computer that would actually be very hold on a minute i have a question yeah how many matches were on smackdown uh let me uh let me pull that up so um for for some reason it it got uh it got closed on my uh computer so let me just uh pull it um back up for you um Let's see. What? Oh, it was. Um, it was. What was the date? Five seventeen. For uh, May. No, this past Friday, May twenty second, yesterday. Oh. Um. Duh. Let's. Let's. Okay. Here. Here it is. Okay, there were five. Okay, because on um, Pro Fight, it only lists one match. Well, I think I I think it's become very clear that uh, that particular site is uh, behind on its f- postings. Yeah, that okay. site's uh, becoming unreliable anymore. Okay, so uh, um, the first the first match or the first segment of the evening was uh, John Morrison and the Miz hosting. The dirt sheet. And I don't. I don't know about you, but when the dirt sheet comes on, my TV goes off <laughs> because it, it's just absolutely atrocious. Now, uh, Braun Strowman crashed this episode of 
uh, the dirt sheet. Um, okay, and uh, yeah, and anytime he's on the TV, I just lose complete interest. And anytime that John Morrison and The Miz are out there together, I I fall a victim to that as well. Now, that being said, I actually very very much enjoy John Morrison as a singles competitor. I think. I think he's pretty damn good, but the Miz just puts me to sleep faster than Advil PM. Uh, I just, uh, I just, you know, I, I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, um, so then after, after their back and forth on the dirt sheet, uh, Braun Strowman has a singles match with the Miz. Oh my God, my interest level is just going through the roof. Uh, not, not really, because I'm being facetious and I'm being an asshole on purpose because I hated this. Uh, but something I did not hate was um, we had uh, in- Intercontinental Championship. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go on. Yeah. Do you know one of the matches at uh, Backlashes? Uh, it's, um, isn't it... Um, John, isn't it John Morrison and the Miz versus Braun Strowman for the? Uh, I don't understand. I don't understand how that's possible. A handicap match because, because it's 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 stupid and WWE <laughs> WWE is so creatively constipated that they cannot <laughs> they cannot fathom the fact that um that match makes absolutely no logical sense whatsoever. Right. But, um, now, now let's say let's say it's me and you versus Braun Strowman. If we win, I win the belt. That doesn't make sense because then what do you get? You know, well, are, are, are you doing uh, something like lay cool with the women's championship? I guess, but oh my God, Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, don't, don't remind me of those days. Even, even though, even though I I've always had uh, respect and a, and a certain liking for uh, Michelle McCool uh, as an in-ring uh, performer, but um, anyway, I just I just don't see that working, and it um, it just goes to show you that really. Um, WWE doesn't have any other uh, legitimate challengers at the moment for uh, Braun Strowman, um, which begs the question as to why the, t- the championship was put on him in the first place. Now, th- to me, there are only uh, two legitimate challengers for, well, actually, I'll, I'll put three in there because uh, age news broke last night that AJ Styles was traded to SmackDown. So the only um, the only three individuals that could, in my book, conceivably challenge uh, Braun Strowman for the Universal Championship would be um, you know Bray Wyatt. We're obviously get, getting that match with the Fiend at SummerSlam. So this. Uh, this handicap match is a placeholder until we can get to uh, uh, SummerSlam. You, you can do uh, Jeff Hardy um, if you don't have him win the Intercontinental Championship Tournament. Uh, you, you can do um, or you could potentially uh, 
do uh, Sheamus if you want to push him, um, which I which I wouldn't hate because when uh, when Sheamus has been portrayed as a serious competitor, um, he has always been a very credible threat um, when he's not doing the comedic shit. But it, but at this point, if if the title is not put back on Bray Wyatt at SummerSlam, then I just feel like, you know, all hope is lost because even as it stands right now, it may be too little too late to put um, the title back on Strumman because, the, or back, I'm sorry, back on uh, Wyatt because of the damage that was done to, to him uh, in in this, the Hell in a Cell match with uh, Rollins, that was one of the worst things I've ever seen in my entire life as a professional wrestling fan. And I didn't think it could get much worse until we had Braun Strowman miraculously replace um, Roman Reigns against Goldberg at WrestleMania, and I thought that match was fucking terrible. Um, although any, I think any match with Bill Goldberg... Uh, at this point in time would be terrible. I think I think all we have to do is ask Undertaker for his opinion on that matter. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, it, but Braun Strowman as a champion just does nothing for me. And this match at Backlash is going to make the show even worse than I, than I already think it's going to be. But anyway, um, so... Uh, next up, we had uh, Bailey defeating Charlotte Flair. And oh my God, Elio, can you believe it? Charlotte Flair actually lost via a, a, a pin. So you said uh, th- there was another match before that, the Intercontinental Championship? Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, I got overexcited again. So my apologies. Uh, so we had the Intercontinental Championship tournament. Uh, continuing, uh, as I mentioned earlier, AJ Styles was uh, sent to SmackDown for quote-unquote future considerations. I guarantee you we don't get an explanation as to what that means. Um, because, <laughs> future because consideration? Uh, what the fuck? I mean, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> that's, that's what I want to know, but, uh, you know, WWE treats their fans as if they're naked and poops, so <laughs> I highly doubt we're going to get that explanation. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to send you for further consideration, for future consideration. Yeah, well, maybe maybe when this podcast hits a big and we start making money, you can you can you can send me your half of the check for future consideration. How about that? <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, so we had AJ Styles defeating uh, Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, you know, it's it's always a good match when these two get in the ring. I just I just feel like it never hit that. Um, that second gear that um, I know that these two are capable of. Um, next up, as I uh, got ahead of myself and mentioned this already, uh, Bailey shockingly defeated Charlotte Flair via pinfall, even though it was via a rope assist. Um, but w- one of the things that I really enjoyed about this match was 
Bailey actually managed to beat Charlotte without the assistance of Sasha Banks, who was not at ringside. So that was a that was a nice little uh, rub to Bailey that she can get the job done without Sasha uh, being at ringside. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we had. Uh, Sonya Deville and Dolph Ziggler defeating Mandy Rose and Otis. I love this storyline, um, so really, uh, really had no problem with it. Um, so moving on to uh, Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the second uh, match of the Intercontinental Tournament. Oh, second match of the night involving the Intercontinental Tournament, I should say. Um, Jeff Hardy defeats Sheamus uh, via a roll-up. Um, but but it kind of reminded me of, um, of uh, Becky's match against uh, Shayna Baszler because uh, Sheamus dominated the entire uh, match uh, with the exception of uh, the uh, the roll up, so that was that was interesting, and I'll be very um, I'll be very interested to see what they do with Jeff Hardy because I could see him challenging uh, Bray Wyatt um, in the future for the belt because if you put if if you do uh, like a darker version of Jeff Hardy closer to what he was in the, in the broken universe and put him in there with, um, with, uh, Bray Wyatt, that could be very interesting. So, um, that's something that I enjoyed. And with that, SmackDown went off the air. Okay. And, uh, we are going to, Take a break and we'll be back shortly. Cool. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back. We're going to take a look now at Chapter 2 of The un- the Last Ride of the Undertaker, which uh, was shown on the WWE Network. Yes, uh, this, this past Sunday. Yes, and uh, this, uh, this uh, episode highlighted... Undertaker's redemption following his match at WrestleMania against Roman Reigns, which he felt like was the best match that he had. Well, and it, it was it was very it was very clear that it wasn't. So, um, so I, I was glad that he that he felt that he got a, a bit of a bit of redemption. So yeah, and um, uh, it also uh, it also highlighted the uh, relationship he has with Vince McMahon. And uh, the hip surgery that he had following WrestleMania. Yeah, you know, and it, and the, the the thing that was that was interesting to me, and and we're guilty of this too, and I, but I think for good reason. Um, you know, Vince gets a lot of uh, flack, and I think a lot of it is warranted based on based on his business practices and the. And the results of what we see on television every 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 week. I mean, I think the ratings speak for themselves. I think I think some of the uh, some of the public backlash speaks for itself. Uh, pardon the pun. Um, 
But um, yeah, it, it was kind of nice to um, to see a more human side to uh, to Vince McMahon and just yep. um, just really hear about the uh, the unique relationship that they have between them. What and um, especially, the, especially very, the, the one, so especially the one part where they asked about him and the Undertaker, and he said he told the camera to cut it because he couldn't do that. Yeah, but you know, it's a, it, it was it was kind of nice to uh, to see him get emotional for real. It was it wasn't like fake or anything. Like you could see that uh, the Undertaker's loyalty over the years uh, really meant something to him, and um, that's something that um, the Undertaker talked about at length as well. In that um, you know they they worked together so closely for um for almost 30 years and um he considers vince a uh like a combination of a father and a brother kind of a relationship to the point where um his his son gunner uh his So yes, um, now that we've we've returned from an unexpected break, uh, as I was saying beforehand, um, it's very interesting to hear the depth of the bond between uh, Vince McMahon and The Undertaker uh, being to the point where Undertaker's son's middle name is Vincent. So I didn't know that, so that was an interesting uh, little uh, trivia nugget. but, um, you know, I, I actually, um, so far, I, I find this documentary to be absolutely fascinating, talking about both parts. Um, as, as, we were, as we were saying, um, Undertaker was not happy with his match against, um, against um, Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 30, uh, 33. And um, it was it was uh, it was unknown if he was gonna come back for uh, 34, which but he actually ended up uh, doing so. As we know, he took on um, he took on John Cena in a short, uh, I think it was a five minute match, um, but. Um, in, in, but in terms of uh, his training and preparation for him uh, for that match, uh, he actually looked uh, much better uh, getting ready for that. And um, and um, you know he sent uh, Vince McMahon a video of of him uh, training in the ring, and he said, you know. I'm not as good as I as I once was, but once I'm as good as I ever was. So I that was a very uh, memorable line, and um, I uh, I have thoroughly enjoyed this uh, that part of the documentary because um, you know once again we just get into uh, his relationship with Vince, saying as uh, and. Uh, Undertaker says that um, I would take a bullet for him. Um, 
he was like a dad. I had a lot of personal issues, and he would sit me down. Uh, tough love, that was what I needed, not because he was my boss, but he cared about me. So uh, there's clearly a lot of uh, mutual respect um, b between them. So at but one of the things that I found that I found um, very uh, eye-opening was after um, after his match with uh, with Cena. You know, he comes back through um, you know the gorilla div division or gorilla position um, arm in arm with Vince, and and they, they love each other, and and they had a good they, they had a nice moment there. Um, and, and, but also, um, in addition, um, after the match, he had a moment with Roman Reigns in which he apologizes, um, for, uh, his performance, uh, at WrestleMania 33. And he knows that, um, that Roman Reigns didn't get, get the best from The Undertaker and he just wanted Reigns to know that that bothered him. And then he was aware of that. So that uh, t for 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 Undertaker to say that when he doesn't have to because of his position and who he is in the company, um, for him to for him to recognize his own uh, shortcomings and apologize like that, I thought that was very telling as to. Um, as to uh, you know the kind of man that Mark Calloway is, and that's what I find most interesting about this documentary overall is that you know it it really does pull back the veil on the Undertaker and reveal the man behind it, which is something that um, you know we really haven't gotten because the the Undertaker uh, has been the most protected gimmick in the history of. Uh, professional wrestling with very good reason. Um, so I'm, I just find this documentary to be very, uh, very entertaining and very informative in the best possible way. Now, next, now part three will go over the debacle that was uh, the Brothers of Destruction versus um, the Generation X at. Uh, Which chapter is this? Is this like the last one or is there more? No, um, this will be uh, this will be in tomorrow's episode. This is episode three. I believe there are going to be uh, five or six uh, total episodes. So uh, yeah, we're we're about we're about to hit the midway point. I I feel like with um, episode three coming out tomorrow. So um, overall, I I found this to be a very uh, compelling chapter what did you what did you think of the show overall yeah this was a very good a very good chapter you learned a lot about the behind the scenes of what was going on after wrestlemania 33 yeah and we I, learned and we learned the, like about the relationship behind between vince and undertaker yeah and and that, and that part was probably my favorite part because it was just, it was just so uh, revealing and to, and I gotta tell you, you know, uh, just and I'm guilty of it too because I I I give Vince a lot of shit for you know creative decisions and stuff like that, but it was nice to see the human side of him. So, 
Um, and, uh, ne and next up, we will be reviewing um, the Owen Hart Dark Side of the Ring. And um, and um, and so um, I have to tell you, Elio, that that was probably the most emotional that I've ever gotten watching a documentary. Yeah, because that, 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 I was watching that when you messaged me earlier. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that was a, that was an absolute tearjerker. Um, you know, it, it started out with um, going through Hart's early days and how he was uh, considered a prodigy in the Hart family, even before entering uh, WWE. Now, um, where were you on May twenty third of ninety nine? Did you watch this live? Uh, no. Uh oh. Uh, no, I'd heard about it the next. I believe it was the next day. Uh, not not through Raw, but um, my mom had seen something in the newspaper and. Uh, she asked me if I knew who the Blue Blazer was, and obviously I did. Okay. Um, and I was just completely aghast at the uh, at the news. And you know, being as young as I was, you know, I was I was ten years old when uh, when he passed away, and um, so I could. I didn't. I mean, I understood about death and all that stuff, but I, I really didn't understand the gravity and 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 the uh, the darkness that this incident would uh, would take sh would take shape as. Um, you know, and one of the one of the things that I have that I have always uh, maintained is that I don't think that the, that over the edge should have continued. After after that whole thing went down, one because and Cornette would agree with you. Well, yes, uh, and and we'll get back to Jim Cornette in a minute because he had he had what I thought was the most powerful moment in the entire um, documentary um, at the end there. But you know, it's just um, the fact that the show continued was absolutely disgusting um you know because you can see the emotion all over you know everybody's face especially uh jeff jarrett and deborah because they were supposed to cut a promo right mm -hmm. after that and you know jeff is crying during the whole thing uh saying that we're praying for you but obviously uh obviously owen had, had already passed away because he fell from over a hundred feet. Now, did you see the part where Martha Hart was was um, was examining the kind of cliff that was used? Yeah. I mean, that thing looked like a glorified keychain. I mean, what the yeah. are these people doing? You know. I mean, I don't. I don't know if I would have used that thing to begin with, but it. it the, the whole stunt was just so unnecessary. And, um, you know, I didn't even like it when they did it with Shawn Michaels at, uh, at WrestleMania. I just thought it was unnecessary. Yep. Um, but, 
you know, when you have when you have someone die and the show continues, I'm sorry, I have a problem with that. And um, you know, uh, we always talk about how bitter um, Bret Hart comes across, but you know, to a certain extent, extent, I can't blame him for that because you know he lost his brother, and you mm-hmm. know, um, and the whole thing was very, very sad. Now. The other, the other part that I, that I found uh, interesting was that when they were talking to Owen's son, they had brought up Mark Henry's comments about Owen Hart and Oge at a previous um, Hall of Fame induction ceremony from a couple years ago where he uh, was speaking directly to Martha, Martha Hart through the camera saying that it's it's Oge's birthright to um to be in in the audience and to see his father inducted uh into the hall of fame and Oge Oge said that he he would never allow his father to be inducted into the hall of fame because he feels that it's horrifying um Owen's death and um and he really didn't like how um, how WWE handled that. Um, they went into detail about how um, uh, WWE settled the lawsuit um, with Martha for a, a total of eighteen million dollars. Eighteen, holy wow! Um, but I mean, you know, like, yeah. so I mean, you you know, you fucked up if you're paying, you know, eighteen million dollars. But even even more than that, there's like, there should have been some moral culpability to at least stop the fucking show. So, um, you know, so that part continued to uh, gnaw at me um, throughout this entire documentary because the whole thing was so stupid and unavoidable in the first place. Um, but you know, uh, so I was very struck by um, by Oj's comments because he was like, "My father doesn't need to be remembered as a wrestler. You know, he he needs to be remembered for the human being he was, and he has uh, foundations and charities that operate in his name, and and that's how we want him to be remembered, and all of that. So it's like." How could you argue with that point? You know, because because if you really if you really consider it, right, right, the WWE Hall of Fame doesn't even have uh, a, doesn't even have a physical location. Um, you know, it's 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 made up and it's a it's a money grab. So from that perspective, I completely understand it. And then the other the other thing that uh, struck me was just Martha Hart's level of class and how, how well she's handled raising her kids and um, dealing with being a widow and just her, her unrelenting nature in getting what she, what she perceives as justice for Owen and, and closure in that whole deal. Although, although, I don't know if you ever get closure with something like that, but I, I certainly under, I certainly can sympathize and understand her anger toward toward um, WWE, and I can't say that I wouldn't feel the same had that been my 
significant other or my father in that situation. So um, overall, you know, it, I, nothing really unexpected came out of the documentary. You know, I, I think mm-hmm. I think wrestling fans are quite familiar with the story. Yeah. Um, but um, but it was it was very jarring uh, to uh, to be reminded of it. And today is actually the twenty first uh, anniversary of that accident. So uh, you know, certainly rest in peace, um, Owen Hart. And um, you know, you are you are remembered and, and revered. And I'm I'm personally glad that I got to to see you compete, and but even more importantly than that, um, I'm glad that I got to hear some stories about the kind of human being you were. So um, I certainly appreciate your contributions, and um, you know may he continue to rest in peace. And the, the you know the whole thing should have never happened, and that that whole scenario was absolute bullshit. Uh, speaking of um, continuing the Owen Hart story, um, I don't know what possessed me to, to do this, but after the uh, after the documentary went off the air, I watched the tribute episode of Raw from the next night. Oh, I saw that when it was live. And I should not have done that because oh. it tore me up. I mean, just seeing how emotional everybody was and just, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It, it, it was one of the most yep. heart, heart-wrenching things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, so if, if you uh, – I will have to warn the listeners, if you ever go back and watch that tribute episode from May 24th, uh, 1999, uh, have a box of Kleenex ready because you're certainly going to need them. Yep. And, um, you know, I'm not the most emotional person ever. So if, um, if something gets me teary eye, you know, that it, that it hits at the heart strength for sure. So, um, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever be rushing back to watch that episode again, but, um, it's, it, it was nice to, uh, to remember some of Owen Hart and he definitely deserves to be remembered the right way. So, um, uh, and for that, I was very glad to watch the uh, documentary and the tribute show. All right, now uh, we uh, before we close out, we have a list of uh, our top five themes. Yes, and I, and I also did a list of the worst themes. Yep, I, I did a top five for them too. We went to the best or the worst first. So we'll do the worst first. Okay, go ahead. So from bottom to top, I had Bertha Faye. Then, <laughs> then, what? What? No. Wait a minute, what? <laughs> then, Where did you get Bertha Faye from? That theme was just fucking terrible. <laughs> um, okay, go on. The American Males, which was a WCW tag team consisting of Buff Bagwell and Scotty Riggs. Okay. Eric Rowan. His theme is just awful. All right. Uh, Billy and Chuck. 
Uh, it makes me absolutely want to regurgitate every time I hear that thing. And uh, the worst one that I can remember number one was X Factor. Oh, you don't, uh, yeah, you don't like Animal Cracker? Uh, no. Neither do I. Okay, that's a good it, list. It was stupid. Okay, um, here's my top five. Okay. And number five, I have the best friends. As the best, as the best theme or the worst? No, the worst. My top five worst. Okay, okay, very good. And number four is Cold Cabana. Boom, boom. <laughs> number okay. three, number three is a new day. Yeah, I can see that. Number two is Dolph Ziggler's uh, theme here to show the world. Yeah. And the number one is freaking Miss Morrison's stupid hey, hey, ho, ho. Can't argue with that at all. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good list, too. Okay, let's go with your top five best. Number five. Um, Alistair Black Incendiary. Okay. Um, Edge for both uh, Metalingus and Rob Zombie. Uh, Dracula. I thought both of those were fantastic. Sorry, wait, Rob Zombie, what? It, well, um, before the metal metalingus theme. Yeah, I know. Edge, which one was it? Edge was using uh, Dracula by no, Rob Zombie. No, it wasn't. Or um, or no, uh, no. I'm sorry. Um, then we're gonna stop. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 the one. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, and then uh, number th- number two was the brood, and n- I had a tie for number one. Uh, Undertaker as one B, and then the very top was the four horse the four horsemen. I just I think that that is a uh, classic theme. Now. Um, uh, I had honorable mentions with uh, Razor Ramon's theme and Evolution's Lion in the Sand, which I think were very cool themes. All right, so here's my top five. At number five, I have Iron Man. Very good. Number four, I have Bad Street USA, The Freebirds. Okay, very good. Number three is The Midnight Express. My man. Number two is Kingdom, Cody Rhodes' theme. Very good. And number one is Judas. My man, all right, Matt. Now you you have you have earned your strike back. Earlier in the show, I was going to mute your ass, uh, but uh, you you have earned my respect back. Wait, you didn't meet me for what? For your stupidity regarding the iconics. Oh. <laughs> but, then, but, but then again, you, you did get me back for the uh, for misspeaking regarding uh, the WrestleMania women's matches. Okay, so we should bring this show to a close. Absolutely. All right, so ladies and gentlemen, this has been it's been another week of uh, the Peace Wrestling Podcast. So enjoy AEW Double or Nothing tonight, and we will talk to y'all next week. Ben, say goodbye to the fans. 
See you later and enjoy the show. And I can almost uh, guarantee you that, that, that this show is going to be so much better than WrestleMania 36. I assure you there is good wrestling out there. It just seems that you have to work a lot harder to find it uh, these days. But um, but if you take uh, my advice, I, I would definitely get this show if you had the means. Um, because I, I think it really is going to be a good one. And I'm looking forward to, re to reviewing it and, uh, and seeing what they come up with. So tune in next week, and we'll have all that um, lined up for you. And in addition, we um, just as a, a reminder, we are uh, catching up on uploading back shows. So if you haven't, um, if you haven't um, been uh, seeing a lot of new episodes uploaded, we have our uh, episode 70 was recently uploaded. Uh, we have the Money in the Bank uh, reaction uploaded. And then uh, later today, we will also have last night's show, which was the Double or Nothing predictions and Dynamite review. And then, of course, this will also be uh, taken care of in the coming days. So we have plenty of content coming your way. And we will have plenty more reaction to Double or Nothing and uh, so much more next week. Thanks for joining us.